0: On the air since 1994, the Garden Wise Guys have the answers to your questions about gardening in the high-altitude desert of the Colorado Front Range. And now, here are your hosts, the Garden Wise Guys.
1: And good morning, everybody. It's time for the Garden Wise Show with your Garden Wise Guys, Jim Borland and Keith Funk, right here on Legends 810, where we're going to be conducting a garden show this morning. It's the same kind of routine we've been doing for the past 27 years. Uh, We're now into the 28th year of doing this. And as we tell each other, one day we're going to get it right. And uh, that'll be it. We'll be done. We're still practicing. (laughs) We are. I'm Jim Borland, and over there is Keith Funk. Good morning. Good morning to everybody again. Uh, We all made it through the the, turn your clocks ahead. Is that what we did? The spring forward? Okay. Daylight nice. savings time. Is that what you did? <laughs> Sometimes they do it the other way around. <laughs> you get more sunlight that way.
2: <laughs> I've, I've been hearing rumors that we're talking about abolishing or just staying on sa- daylight savings time forever now and not going back and forth. Is is that just a rumor or is that no, real? No, it, it's true.
1: Um, They're discussing it on the federal level and on the state level. Uh-huh. But not everybody's on the same page.
2: Well, I know, because there are other, there are states that, that don't do this. Well, that's it haven't for a long time. Yeah. Hawaii's
1: one, Arizona's another. Yeah. Um but the is it gonna be a big argument here uh, once we get to vote on this. I don't know if you and I are gonna to get to vote it, but they'll vote on it statewide and nationwide, to stay on daylight savings or the other one. hmm What was the other one called? Not daylight <laughs> Not savings.
3: <laughs> right. <laughs>
1: And there of course there are arguments both ways.
3: Standard time or something. No, there you go. I think standard, is that it standard, standard time. Yeah. Boy, if it's
2: just hodgepodge across the country and you don't know which state is on which time zone, yep. that'll be confusing to yep. do that to do Zoom meetings and things. <laughs> yeah, like I care.
3: <laughs> uh. Well, didn't they do like in the 70s they tried it, but like it, it kind of messed with the kids going to school and walking at night. Well, there's that argument. <laughs> yeah. Then the
1: farmers have their argument, and the ranchers have their argument, and uh, people who put their kids in daycare have their, argu- have their argument. And their arguments, pro and con on both sides. I don't and know. guess what? <clears throat> what? The sun and the rotation of the earth don't care. Don't care. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. There was a time, before, <laughs> by the way, before we had time zones, that the railroads really ruled this part of our lives, and they had different times all over the place really there were no time zones they just made up stuff <laughs> oh, and God. every 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 train company made up their own and so you had really no idea of what time it was in Poughkeepsie if you're <laughs> down, if you're just down the street you know oh, different tra- uh, rail lines would serve you and so they, I somewhere along the line someone said this is, this is ridiculous <laughs> we can't have this and so, we, you know, the feds got involved and changed it.
2: And you know what? Hmm. I don't really care because it's not going to affect when I garden. No, it doesn't. I'll wait until it's light. Yeah, when it's light, and and that's I'll when I'll go I go in
1: and When it's dark.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I, I, don't just, I don't care what the time I know.
2: is. I
1: sort of sort of run my life that way before anyway, so yeah,
3: not much difference there. But you know,
1: it's
2: all about me. <laughs> of
3: course.
1: <laughs> well... I don't know what else to say other than what what I just said.
2: Well, (laughs) guess what? Hello. We have open lines, which means you can use your fingers and punch it in or dial it in or whatever it is you do. Yeah. Or 303. Or you can do it through Siri and whatever the other. Alexa. Alexa, them too. 303-477-2473. If you haven't written that down in a secure location Shame you, should, you should do that now. Really, wow. 303-477-2473. <laughs> and I can't imagine that there aren't a lot of questions out there because this is a time of year when it's time to start seeding things. I posted a picture of a couple of things that are, that are coming up in my basement mm-hmm. grow room <clears throat> from seed. I started some Maltese cross. L- 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 Lickness. Lickness. <laughs> yes. Um, Maltese Cross and then my Shishito Peppers are up oh cool yeah, yeah and along is. with all kinds of other things I sowed mm-hmm. my own tobacco um, Nicotiana Silvestris, Silvestris the tall one yeah the big tall one yeah those are the tiniest seedlings for yeah. such an enormous yes, plant
1: they, yes they are very very tiny I was shocked Yep. and, and if you look hard enough uh, I do get a catalog that has for years it's sold Tobacco Tobacco
2: Hmm. Yeah,
1: and I think that's Silvestris, if I remember right. But you can get all kinds of varieties.
2: Hmm. Um, and I can't remember any of them right now. <laughs> but there are a ton of them out there. Oh, well, I love Silvestris. It's a big plant. You don't plant it in a small <coughs> pot. I. It's probably best in the ground. Yeah. But uh, I mean, it'll grow six feet or more tall. Hmm. Big but leaves. Those big leaves, kind of a light green, limey green color. Yes. So it's, mm-hmm. it really stands out. But what I love about it is the fragrant flowers at night. You plant it near your patio or n- near a living area n- that you're going to be able to appreciate the fragrance in the evenings. And that's really and, nice. And towards the, the end of the season, while well, you can start harvesting those leaves and
1: put them in your tobacco barn, Smoke them.
2: <laughs> smoke them <laughs> if you got it.
1: <laughs> yeah. You can smoke them or, or you can smoke the leaves while they're curing. Uh-huh. And there's a whole whole process of of how they've done it and how they still do it
2: mm-hmm. it's not good for you though
1: yeah but it's fun to watch <laughs> i mean it's fun to watch You see them harvesting those leaves they just they just snap them off and put them up in bundles and throw the bundles all together in a big giant humongous truck and mm-hmm. then hang those individual bundles up in the barn in the barn yeah and let them cure. Yeah, let them cure. And hope they don't catch fire. Yep, that too. No, it's just interesting to watch them watch the whole process. But like you said, the part I didn't never understood is that they put their own seedlings. They grow their most of them grow their own seedlings in their own little greenhouse area. Yeah, I was just
2: going to ask you do they do they direct sow them out in the field? I can't no, imagine they would. No,
1: they don't. Huh? They sow them separately and yeah. then transplant them just like we do bedding plants uh-huh. and then put them out in the
2: field as small plants. Mm-hmm. But like you said, the seeds are almost dust flying. Oh, and, and uh, the seedlings are so tiny. Yep. And I, I'm just worried that they're going to get damping off or something. Usually those tiny little seedlings are the most susceptible. Most susceptible, yeah, yeah. damp off. Yep. But I'd like to hear your seeding stories. Uh, successes or failures? Maybe we can figure out what the failures were all about, uh, but that would be a great subject to talk about today, because this is the time. (coughs) It is indeed. So, well, we always talk about failures and And try to correct them. Hopefully you learn something from your failures. Yeah. Boy, if I had learned everything from all of my failures, uh, my brain would be huge. (laughs) <laughs> but instead, we, we do it over and over again. <laughs> That's right. Expecting, expecting a different, a different result. result. Yes. That's the uh, definition of insanity. Right? Uh, speaking of failures, I
1: noted one the other day. My <clears throat> wife and I went to a restaurant, and on the on the walk from the parking area up to the restaurant, and I noticed there was a shrub that had catkins on it. I said, "That's a filbert." Hmm. When was the last time you saw a shrub filbert anywhere? In my yard. Do you have one? I have that contorted filbert. Oh, okay, Harry Louder's? Yes, walking stick. Well, as it turns out, that's what this was. Okay, which had gone by, as they say. Oh, and allowed all those
2: shoots to come up that are just you know straight as arrows. It just come straight up through. Might want to explain this, because Harry Louders oh. walking stick, the contorted <laughs> filbert. Yes. It's it's. Grafted onto a seedling rootstock of a normal filbert, exactly, and it has a tendency to shoot up suckers from below the graft yep. that grow straight as an arrow right up through the plant and will overtake yep. the contorted portion. So if you plant one of those, or if you have one and you've noticed this, those need to be removed. Yeah, you have to as soon as you see them. Yep, but this
1: this person did not do that apparently. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go back and take a picture of it. I'll put them on face. Put it on. Put it on Facebook so people can see what the heck we're talking about. So the original plant is still there. It's all contorted and stuff, mm-hmm. but just completely overgrown with all these arrow shafts coming up <clears throat> through it. Which can
2: be harvested, <clears throat> and they make good pea sticks. P-E-A. Pea sticks. Oh, for growing peas. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you could probably. I noticed it. the confusion on your face. <laughs> I
1: think you could probably make arrows out of them, too. You
2: probably could. Yeah.
1: Or or javelins or, or you know small spears, yeah, yeah yeah,
4: mm-hmm.
2: I'm sure the Indians did that, i'm sure <laughs> does does the red filbert it is filbert, right, there's a red leaf,
1: yes, the red leaf filbert, yep, does that mm-hmm. grow here, um, not in my yard, <laughs> I've killed it at least once, is that right, yeah, but I don't recall why I may have just not watered it enough because...
2: It's one of those plants that I've seen that they use, um, especially in the UK, but I imagine it's used here, is they, they grow it for its ornamental burgundy, deep burgundy leaves, and then it starts to try to become a small tree, mm-hmm. and so every few years they cut it to the ground <coughs> yeah. and make it come up. Well, that creates, that causes the plant to produce unusually large leaves, yes, which makes it even more ornamental. Yes. And I thought that would be cool. Yeah, really. In my yard somewhere. Um
1: I would check uh, where did I get mine? I might have gotten mine at Paulina's, which of course isn't around anymore. I can't
2: think of where else I might have gotten it. Maybe at Nick's. I, I don't recall. I've never seen it there. Um but anyway, I just thought I'm gonna I'm gonna look for that. Maybe I'll have to go online for it. Yeah. But, uh and it, I guess they grow just lightning fast anyway. So
4: mm-hmm.
2: you wouldn't have to have a very big one. Maybe I no. could even start from seed. Which is your favorite thing to do? Growing I, stuff from seed. Did you get all your seed in the ground I, yet?
1: I don't know that that one grows from seed. Oh. That red leaved one. Oh, okay. But I don't know for sure. I, I would not be surprised if those are all done from cuttings. I bet I could
2: find seed on eBay. <laughs>
1: It might be sunflower seed labeled as red (laughs)
2: leaf filbert. You can find anything on (laughs) eBay. I always have to laugh when I see these ads for, you know, 10 orchid seeds for $5. Yes. You can't count 10 orchid (laughs) seeds. You're getting something completely
1: different. It's ridiculous. And besides, they're going to come in a plastic, small plastic envelope, and the seeds will be impossible to get out of
2: there. Or to see, or <laughs> <laughs> you're going to think you bu- just bought some dust. Yeah, yeah, they're very, very, very small. Yeah.
1: So anyway, to answer your question, I did get all the seeds. I, when, what we're talking about is the seeds from the North American Rock Garden Society, who who have a seed. I guess they call a seed sale. Mm-hmm. Seed distribution every year. All the all the people who belong to the society. They collect their own seeds and send them to this one. One uh, specific area, and this area has these people. They have tons of volunteers to go under and, you know, clean them somewhat, Mm -hmm. uh, put them into individual glassine envelopes, and label them. Yes, and then put together a giant list, and it is a giant list. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the members then can get seeds from this list, which is what. You and I did. mm-hmm So we have uh, each of us got about twenty packets of seeds. So yes, I and did. And they're cheap.
2: Yeah, yeah, a buck a packet or so. Yeah, um, twenty
1: packets for ten bucks. Ten bucks. Okay. So fifty cents a piece. Um, I did get some Enothera,
2: by the way. You said I, saw I didn't.
1: That. Yes. No. Ethionema. Ethionema. A E T H.
2: Oh yeah, that.
1: Yeah. I think you uh-oh. wanted two different ones
2: of them. I did. Yes. Thank you for reminding me. Yeah. I'll have to look for that again.
1: But uh, and I ordered them at, at the stroke of midnight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
2: when
1: when all this when all this uh, happened to be open to everybody. Uh-huh. And, uh huh. And
2: apparently they didn't have that many of them. Well, that's too bad. Yeah. I like that particular plant. It uh-huh. it, it self sows, so you plant it once and let it go to seed, and you never have to plant it again. Yep. Yeah. And uh, what's the name? What's the common name of that? All right. A thrift, some kind of thrift, isn't it? I don't know. Anyway. Good, Mr. Giggle would know. Okay. Well, we've got, we've got we like, a bunch of people on the phone right now, so we should take advantage of that and <clears throat> go out and talk to Nancy in Denver about her tree. Good morning, Nancy.
5: Good morning. And no, it's not about my tree. It's about what's left of the stump. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. I mean, um, uh, what's their names? Uh, stump removal and daughter yeah. took down my tree and then came back the next day and ground out the stump and they did such a wonderful job and now where that this was last fall they left this pile of of shavings or yes. whatever you mm-hmm. call them yeah um there and of course over the winter the snow covered it up and i didn't think much about it and now the snow's gone and i looked at it and it, and it kind of looks moldy
2: yeah yeah probably oh. Yeah, that's well, just decomposition starting to happen.
5: And then my next question is, what do I do with it? I mean, what do I do with what the whole... Well, I that, mean, it's gone down some, but it hasn't gone down a lot.
2: Well, that makes wonderful mulch. So in your, in your perennial beds, your flower beds, around trees and, and shrubs... And you're assuming I have those. <laughs> yes, I am.
5: <laughs> <laughs>
2: and if you don't, you should go out and buy some. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh.
5: I have my ornamental grasses, and that's just fine. Thank you very much. We
1: well, could, you can mulch
2: around those, too. You can put mulch around them. Yeah.
5: Oh, okay. You can use this as mulch, Oh, yeah, okay.
2: absolutely. Do sure. not dig it into the soil.
5: Oh, you just put it around.
2: On top, yes. Uh-huh. yes. Yes, yes. Because it's most mostly wood chips.
5: Yeah, it is. I mean, it is. But uh-huh. there's sure a lot of it.
2: Yeah. But or you can just leave it in a pile and let it decompose over the next few years until it turns into compost.
5: Okay. When is it going to go down that I can put some grass over the top? Oh, um. <laughs> oh. <laughs> It'll be a
2: while. <laughs> yeah, it's going to be a while. I think.
5: Oh, goody. Yeah, if
2: you need to, if you need to turf that area. If I you don't
5: need to, need to. No.
2: Okay. Um, I would. And I it's would remove.
5: The northeast corner of the yard backyard.
2: Well, for anybody else, let's just say that somebody else has the same issue and they need to uh-huh. use that area for another purpose, like planting a vegetable garden or flowers or, or grass, you would want to remove all those chips and then replace it with some new soil and re-level it and do some soil prep before you plant anything else. But those, those fresh chips um, are not good mixed into the soil because, like Jim said, it's mostly wood. And uh-huh. the decomposition process, the microbes that do that, need a lot of nitrogen and they'll pull it out of the soil away from your plants that might need it. So it's only used, I I would only recommend it to be used as a mulch over the top of the ground around ornamentals or if you're going to decompose, if you're going to compost it, uh, pile it in an area where you can go in and every once in a while take a pitchfork and, and turn it over to stir it up, that to speed up the decomposition process. And then once it's decomposed to the point where you can't tell what it used to be then it's good for using using to mix into the soil.
5: Yeah, well, I won't be alive that long. Well, you'd be surprised. <laughs> <laughs> I can't see this coming. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <Woo-wee>. <laughs> what do you think, Jim? Is there anything else? No, you can do I with No, it? I
1: think that's you. You covered the whole the whole subject there, and the fact that it's sort of mounded up uh, just tells me that he did a pretty good job of getting that stump out.
5: Right, he went down quite a <laughs> a long ways because yeah. I mentioned to him that. Uh, there were suckers. You know, it was a chokecherry tree, and I had oh, all these suckers yeah. oh. that made me so bloody mad. And um, so, you know, he did a really good job.
1: When did he do this?
5: Uh, last fall.
1: You may see some suckers still coming out uh, uh, beyond the periphery. Yeah. And those you'll have to control separately with a uh, a sharp shovel, just, just cut them right at the base.
5: Uh-huh. Yeah, that, I, I can and, do that. And if
1: you do but, that, you know, long enough, uh, they'll they'll eventually give up the ghost.
2: They'll run out of steam. Yeah. Oh, good.
5: <laughs> okay, well, I'll just, I, but you don't go out there and stomp around on it to get it to go down.
2: No, that nah. just makes the process take longer because then yeah. you're oh, compressing okay. it, and you need that oxygen and moisture down in there to cause it to oh, decompose. Okay. But you will get moldiness. Uh, well, it,
6: there's yeah,
5: there's mold on. Do I just leave that alone? Yeah, yeah. You, you'll uh-huh. probably get mushrooms
2: okay. coming up too. Yeah,
1: probably. Oh,
5: good lord! <laughs>
1: <laughs> and I no, don't ask me if you can eat them because I don't
2: know.
5: I mean, I already get those stinkhorn mushrooms, and I don't want those.
2: Oh, those are <laughs> delightful, aren't they? Yeah, oh, okay. aren't they? Though? Oh my gosh!
5: <laughs> okay. You could tell it's they're around without even summer. seeing them. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll just give it a go and. Probably be calling you back in a few months. Was like, what do I do now?
2: Well, like I said, if you if you want to if you want to use that area for something else, you'll have to pull all those chips out of there and and then no. replace the replace the soil um, or add some soil to fill in the divot that's left.
5: Yeah, no, I'm not, I don't need to use it for anything else. I'll just. Um, I can put, you know, I can tote some of that around to the ornamentals and sure, and then uh, let it go down naturally and mm-hmm. deal with it then. Yeah, I was just worried about the mold. I didn't know if that. Was yeah, don't my worry dog about that.
2: Yeah, no, no, that's perfectly natural and yeah. it ne- and it needs to be there.
5: Y- okay. Yes, I will leave it there then. Okay. That uh, takes care of what I was going to do today. Okay,
2: thank you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you bet, Nancy. Thanks for
1: calling.
5: Uh-huh. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.
1: Bye-bye. That's part of what we do here is we create work. And uh, while we do that and you're out there working, well, we're going to take a little break and, uh, I don't know, cross our legs and uh, have a sip of coffee, and we're going to come back right here on Legends 810.
7: You absolutely need to try Gardening from Seed this season. Not only is Gardening from Seed much more affordable, but it gives you so much more variety to choose from. And, you can know for certain what you grow is safe and clean from chemicals. Our friends at Botanical Interests are always trialing new varieties to add to their over 600 proven non-GMO verified varieties, which include heirlooms and certified organic seed. So there's always something new and exciting to try. And they've been doing it for over 25 years. Botanical Interest's comprehensive seed selection is curated by gardeners for gardeners and can be found at local garden centers across the country or online at BotanicalInterests.com
0: Whoa, stop right there. Now that you've got the hole dug, what's next? Add Mike, of course, that's M-Y-K-E, to ensure your plants will get off to a great start. Mike is a revolutionary and proven product that helps plants thrive here in Colorado soils. The secret is a concentrated form of the beneficial fungi, mycorrhiza, that are found growing naturally with the roots of plants. Mike's beneficial fungi team up with the plant's roots to increase their surface area, boosting the plant's ability to find and absorb water and nutrients to produce stronger, more vigorous, and productive growth it's all organic and easy to use simply apply mic directly to the roots as you transplant your new plants and jump back well it's not quite that dramatic but the results will amaze you there's a mic for all your garden plants including one for flowers vegetables and trees and shrubs and now you can experience the amazing effects of mycorrhiza in your potting soil Pro Mix Potting Soils are perfect for your summer pots and planters, as well as hanging baskets, raised beds, and even houseplants. Make this the year you harness the power of mycorrhizal technology in your landscape with myc growth enhancers and Pro Mix Potting Soils, available at your favorite local garden retailer. As always, tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you.
3: Do you have insects on your roses? Do you have borers damaging your trees and shrubs due to stress or the drought? Fertilone tree and shrub soil drench is a great product that will give you season-long protection against many insects. Fertilome tree and shrub soil drench is a systemic that can act as a preventer or a curative for insects that suck or chew on the leaves or bore under the bark. This may be the easiest product to use. Simply measure, mix in a bucket, and pour around the base of the tree. No messy spraying involved, and an application can last up to one year. Apply in early spring so your plants are fully protected before the bugs show up protect your trees with fertile tree and shrub soil drench find it at your favorite local independent nursery garden center or hardware store including nick's garden center in aurora jared's nursery in littleton and the flower bin in longmont be sure to tell them that the garden wise guys sent you
8: smart pots the original award-winning fabric planner perfected design through 30 years of professional real-life use in the field Perfect for just about any use, from home or balcony to professional growing operations. Join thousands of gardeners getting professional-grade results, no experience required. So easy to use, simply unfold, fill with soil, then plant. Plants grow better in Smart Pots because the airflow through the porous container walls provides extra aeration to the root zone, resulting in prolific, fibrous root structures. More roots allow your plants to absorb and take in more moisture and nutrients, creating stronger, more robust plant growth and amazing yields. SmartPak containers are reusable and last for years, manufactured right here in the USA with the highest quality standards. The patented fabric is durable enough to last multiple seasons, yet porous enough to release excess water. No more overwatering. Smart Pot fabric containers are available in multiple sizes and shapes. The round pots come in all sizes and a variety of colors, perfect for flowers and vegetables of any size. The Smart Pot raised bed planners come in round or rectangular in a variety of sizes, giving you the flexibility to plant a garden almost anywhere. Find your favorite Smart Pot product at your favorite garden center, nursery, or grow store. To find your closest retailer, go to smartpots.com and use the store locator. While you're there, check out all the other Smart Pot products, informative videos, Soil Volume Calculator and online store SmartPots, the first choice of professional hobby gardeners
1: And we are back Taking your phone calls And just chattering on about gardening kind of stuff Here on Legends 810 And I can make a short report here I found a new Echinacea Actually I probably overlooked this Over the past couple of years One called Fountain Yellow Guess what color it is Yellow? There you go it's it's number 749 in the cavalcade of Echinacea cultivars. And this one was put out by A.B. Cultivars. Never heard of them. They do stuff like this. Where are they at? Are they? I I don't have any idea. Oh, okay. Pretty safe to say they're either in this country or they are. Or somewhere else. Or in Europe. <laughs> Apparently nobody else is doing um, Echinaceas. No other... Countries outside of Europe, which of course is several countries, but and only one or two there, hmm. and uh, here in this country, the Gi- uh, China, Chinese aren't, Japanese aren't, which is a little surprising, by the way. Um,
2: yeah, because you know it's a, it's a medicinal plant.
1: None in Australia, none in <coughs> Central South America, Africa, or they're they're doing it and they're not reporting it on, yeah. and it gets to the internet. They're keeping it a secret.
2: Apparently. Yeah. Well, let's see. We've got... Uh, our, our telephone number is not a secret. 303-477-2473. And Roger gave that a call. Good morning, Roger. Thanks for calling the GardenWise guys.
9: Good morning. Um, I've got uh, a garden I'm volunteering to help with over at the school, and they got a lot of trees over there. They're getting pretty big. I was wondering what... what um, Vegetables do best in the shade.
2: Is it shade all day long or just for part of the day?
9: Uh, it's uh, it's all day.
1: The best vegetable group, if you want to call them that, are the leafy vegetables.
9: The greens?
1: The greens, if you want to call it that. That uh, be the lettuces, although some of them are not green. They're red and yellow. Mm-hmm. Um, spinach?
2: Spinach is a fairly decent one. Uh, okay. Chard? You could even do things like turnips and beets for the greens. You're the not going to get much below ground as far as a a bulb, but you'll be able to get some nice leaves to harvest.
9: How about the tomatoes? No. They, uh, no. 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 They want full sun. Yeah. Yes. And I know corn does cuz I yep. Yeah, correct. Yeah. Uh, what about the carrots and uh um uh, you'll
1: you'll get greens on the cares but not much below the ground. They they'd be better if
2: you got half a day of sun at yeah. least. Okay. So if you've got some spots that get partial sun, uh you could grow the carrots. Uh, yeah.
9: yeah.
2: Uh I'd even look at maybe even growing rhubarb in the shade.
1: Yeah, it'll 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 grow. That's uh-huh. not gonna be as prolific as it would be in full sun, but yeah, it'll grow.
9: Now, that Swiss chard, how, is that, how would that do?
2: Very well. Yeah, pretty good, yeah. Okay. And I think, what do you think about some of the, like the bok choys and things like that? Do you think you they would work? You d-
1: might try those. The bok choy, there's about 14 different spellings of that.
9: Yeah. Okay. okay that, that's although I've, uh, I've only
1: succeeded with bok choy once in on all my time here in, in Denver. Oh, okay.
2: Oh, arugula would be a good yeah. one too. Yeah.
9: Oh yeah, okay. Yeah, that's that's doing good. Uh see over there they've got these tubs, these big uh big tubs and uh I have to plant everything in them. Mm-hmm. So uh, they, yeah, they can get dried out pretty fast.
1: Yeah, they can.
9: Uh, so uh, yeah, this sounds good. I'll I'll give it a good try. Okay. Thanks.
2: Thanks for your call, Roger.
9: You bet. Bye.
1: I'm not sure we've covered all the leafy greens, but uh, uh, look at the seed packet. If all they show are greens, just leaves, then you can probably try
2: that one. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Although, I don't know if I'd try the head lettuces. I don't. Might be able to get by with butter crunch. Yeah, I don't have much luck with those anyway. I mean, uh, they grow, but they don't get the nice head. Yeah. The romaine doesn't do too bad if you get one of the... Early types, one yeah. of the dwarfer types, and you don't want a gigantic head on it. You just want a one salad out yeah. of it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, In and fact, and I've already started my romaine. Letters. Yeah,
1: there there are a number of things that are, I guess, uh, derived from uh, Japanese gardens that are becoming more popular here. hmm Bok choy is the only one I can think of, but there there are others. Um, I'm trying to think of. Well, I can't think right now, but there there's a bunch of them, and and. These days, you can, you can typically find them in seed racks.
2: Oh, yeah. <coughs> botanical interest seed has a, a ton of those sorts of things to yeah. look at. Um, you could either go online to botanical interest or you could go to your local garden center because all of them carry botanical interest seeds. And they'll have, you know, modern varieties as well as heritage types. Yes. If you're interested in more of the uh, antique or heritage type vegetables out there. Uh, but, you know, this is the time of year when seed starting is kind of on the upswing. And one of the ways you can tell, because you don't want to start seed too early. Um, because it has a tendency, it can, they can get either root bound or spindly. Yes. And once they get to a, a certain point, there's a tipping point. Uh, uh, once the plants typically get to a certain point of being too root bound or, or Overgrown, they don't do well once they're planted out later. So you want to try to time it as best you can. And that takes some experience, it takes some trial and error uh, for the way you grow things. Uh, but typically, if you want to know when to start seeding something, you count back six weeks <coughs> from the date you want to plant it outdoors. And so, for example, if you're going to plant tomatoes outdoors toward the end of May, you, you choose the Memorial Day weekend, let's say, then you count back six weeks from Memorial Day weekend, and that's when you seed uh, your I tomatoes. Make, put you in the middle of April. Yeah. Yep. Um, there are some exceptions to that. The whole cucumber, squash, yeah. watermelon, cantaloupe group, no. Uh, you will end up with nasty plants. If you start them that early. Yeah. Maybe 10 days before you want to plant them out because you want small seedlings that haven't grown much. Yes. They don't like being transplanted. So sow those particular big seeds like that in individual pots from the get-go so that when you do plant them out, you just kind of slip them out of the pot and slip them into the ground when they're not looking so they don't know. (laughs) That's Charlie (laughs)
1: And by the way, one little thing that keeps coming up every year is that where can I get, I want to make sure I don't get GMO seats. <laughs> now, aside from the fact that GMO is the wrong term, it should be GE that they're referring to, but that's, uh, that's a topic for another time. You cannot buy GMO seats. That's right. They're not available to the public.
2: Nope. So don't worry about it. If, if they were, you'd have to sign a contract. Yes. And you'd have to buy it by the ton. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) And even uh, perennial catalogs that sell perennial seeds make a big deal about no GMO seeds in here. Yeah, no kidding. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Who's going to spend any time at all coming up with a GMO nasturtium? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) That takes a lot of money to put together something that's actually GE, but uh, GMO. My wife bought a little packet of juicy fruit gum. Mm.
2: They still make that?
1: They do. It smells great. It takes me right back to China. Oh, McGregor. yeah, that and Wrigley's. But I was reading the what the ingredients are, <clears throat> and they make it in, in, in bold. They said, contains genetically engineered product. Now, see, that's appropriate, genetically engineered. Engineered. Now Mm -hmm. I looked at the other ingredients and tried to figure out which one of those is genetically engineered. I have no idea. Yeah,
2: something in there is. Yeah, tastes the same, smells the same. But the reason we make the difference is genetically engineered means that somebody's some scientist with a lab coat on has gone in and spliced genes into yeah that kind of stuff that don't belong there. Right, naturally, at least. That's genetically engineered. Yes. And, and that's as what are the
1: ones we hear about, um, genetically engineered corn and soybeans and a bunch of other things. And they're done genetically engineered, um, some of them to provide resistance to a disease or to an insect or, an or to an herbicide, which yeah. is the more common one. Roundup ready. Yeah, roundup ready soybeans uh-huh. and corn Yeah, are, are two. Now they're making them Roundup and what's the next biggest herbicide that's used for the most part? 2,4-D? No. Oh, I can't think of it. Anyway, they're making um, them not only Roundup ready, but also this other herbicide ready as well. And guess what? <coughs> <coughs> they're developing resistances to that. Yeah, of course.
2: I don't know why anybody was surprised that's at that. No, really? <laughs> it happens all the time. But, I mean, technically since we don't have any calls we could talk about gmo i mean genetically modified organism is just that could refer to something that's a hybrid exactly like you think yeah you like <laughs> <laughs> and hybrids are
1: something typically that occur um with the hand of man they would not have occurred naturally but it's only it's as simple as as crossing two varieties of um i don't know
2: tomatoes yeah or a yellow corn and a white corn to get yeah. a bicolored corn. Yeah, that's as simple as that. Yeah, it's a hybrid. It's genetically modified. It's been modified.
1: That's right. But not engineered.
2: That's right. Well, my mom and my dad got together, and they had me. I'm genetically modified from them. <laughs>
1: that's right. Because
2: <laughs> they did it. Would not have happened otherwise. <laughs> At least we don't think
4: not
1: so. Not unless they got married. <laughs> unless. unless they found the right rock to look under whatever yeah
2: right or cabbage leaf 303-477-2473 you might want to give us a call before it degenerates any farther yes please
1: (laughs) (laughs) okay i can i can i can report on something i found um in the city yeah now you have to you may want to know i don't know i do this i know other people do this as well my wife is of a person. If we go to a place to to buy something, to visit, whatever we do, she wants to get home the fastest way or the shortest route. Okay. And she'll do that all the time. I don't do that. Okay. <laughs> okay. And especially around town, when I, you know, I go to the same place and come back the same way, it gets boring. Yeah. So I pick another street to come back, just to see what's there. Right. And there are many streets in the Denver Metro I've never been on. Mm-hmm. One of which apparently <laughs> is is uh, West 14th Street. Okay. Actually, I have been there before, but hadn't been down that road for years. Mm-hmm. And so I went back that way from, I don't know, someplace west of that. And I noticed alongside the road was this whole apartment complex, big car- apartment complex. It looked like it may have been done, developed by different developers over the years, but now it falls under one... Um, I don't remember the name of the the complex. But anyway, the buildings there were two and three-story tall, and the entire buildings were covered in murals. Oh, I saw that on Facebook you posted. And the murals were of plants. Uh Uh-huh. Pretty cool, I thought. So I went back with my camera and took lots of pictures and posted them all on Facebook, and you can take a look at them.
2: I've never seen Shepherd's Purse referred to as puncture vine. I... (laughs) That one got me too.
1: <laughs> each one of the buildings is devoted to one particular plant, and and they are herbal, medicinal. They're actually weeds.
2: Most of them, yeah. Yeah. Uh, okay,
1: big deal. Um, plantain Dandelions. is one of one of the shepherd's person, and each each building has a plaque describing what it is that is being depicted. Uh, the common name, the Latin name, and some information about the medicinal and eatable qualities of it. That's kind of neat. I've never really seen that done before. Mm -hmm. And the first plaque I saw had wrong information. Oh, no. (laughs) that's the one you picked up on. So I checked out all the other plaques, and they're right. But that one's not. But anyway, it's kind of interesting if you're going down West 14th between Sheridan and Wadsworth. You can't miss it believe me you can't miss it it's, it's just, very it's very bright it's very bright um they have shepherd's purse dandelion burdock
2: some kind of thistle so 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 thistle uh,
1: yeah a, a thistle yeah and
2: milk thistle that's what it is milk was.
1: thistle and like we said puncture vine um I said burdock, and, and there's a couple others. Yeah. And, and one smaller building that has a beautiful depiction of a monarch butterfly. Oh, that was gorgeous. That's really very pretty. Yeah. So, anyway, we have to take a break. Uh, if you want to go out there and uh, and take a look-see, it doesn't cost anything. You can park anywhere. There's tons of parking. And uh, take your own pictures. And uh, In the meantime, we have to take a break. We're going to come back pretty doggone quick right here on Legends 810.
10: What's your lawn good for? After all that watering and maintenance, is your lawn supposed to be admired like some ancient statue in a museum? No! It's supposed to be enjoyed. It's for you, your kids, grandkids, pets, and friends. You should spend warm summer evenings leisurely eating dinner, afternoons watching kids and animals run back and forth. It's a place to have water balloon fights or touch football games, but your grass can't take that kind of pounding. Soon you see dry patches that turn into dirt and mud. You need a lawn that has been engineered to withstand lots of traffic and still thrive in our Colorado climate. You need Colorado's own turf mix. It's a well-balanced blend of award-winning grasses that grow in sun or moving shade and tolerate heavy foot traffic. The aggressive root system creates a dense, thick, wear-resistant turf perfect for outdoor adventures. Plus it's insect disease and drought resistant. Colorado's own turf mix is available at your favorite local independent garden retailer.
11: Mother Nature is trying to keep us on our toes these days, but that doesn't mean you can't get your yard and garden ready for spring. And, of course, it's time to start certain seeds inside. You will find a wide selection of tomato and pepper seeds at Jared's. Jared's winter clearance sale is in progress with a wide range of products from holiday to everyday items at great savings. More and more spring product arrives every day. Fun items for Easter baskets, fresh house plants every week, and soon there will be pansies and other early spring plants. A couple of dates to keep on your calendar, Saturday and Sunday, April 9th and 10th, the spring open house and saturday april 16th the annual easter egg hunt so whether it be gifts or tools fountains or statuary flowers trees shrubs or just some gardening advice you know you can get it at jared's now accepting applications for full and part-time spring and summer help stop in and pick up an application or go on the website jaredsgarden.com Jared's Nursery Gift and Garden Center is a family-owned business serving you for over 42 years at 10500 West Bulls Avenue in Littleton. Winter hours are 9 to 5, 7 days a week. Did you find a yard full of pesky weeds last year? Fertilome has a solution for that. Fertilome for all seasons is one of the longest lasting weed and grass preventers on the market. It will prevent crabgrass and other weed seeds from germinating for up to six months. So apply it early and let it do the work. It also has a unique blend of slow-release fertilizer that contains important micronutrients, including iron, that will green up your yard all summer long. Use the product the professionals use, fertilome for All Seasons. Look for fertilome for All Seasons at these and other independent garden centers, Jared's Nursery in Littleton, Nick's Garden Center in Aurora, Tagawa Gardens in Centennial, and the Flower Bin in Longmont. As always, be sure to tell them the Garden Wise Guys sent you.
12: Spring is in the air at Nick's Garden Center. Come see for yourself one of Colorado's largest and finest family-owned garden centers. We have 10 acres with an unbelievable selection of top quality plants and the finest garden accessories. Get a head start on the season with seeds, seed starting supplies, onion and potato sets, hardy pansies, herbs, spring bulbs, houseplants, soils, and fertilizers. Come see many unusual plants as well as trusted favorites. All the newest varieties of trees, shrubs, evergreens, roses and perennials are arriving weekly. Our bulk and landscape yard is stocked with compost, mulches and decorative rock with delivery available. Our friendly and helpful expert staff is ready to assist. Nick's Garden Center, celebrating 35 years of color, quality and service. Located two blocks north of Iliff on Chambers Road, also, visit us at nixgardencenter.com.
1: And welcome back to Legends 810 and the Garden Wife Show with Jim Borland and Keith Funk. And we're going to continue with our garden show, answering your questions. And I'm going to have Sean bring up the next caller because I can't reach that far.
3: All right. The next caller will be Suzanne.
1: All right, Suzanne, I understand you're next. What can we do for you today?
6: It's a garden wider. I talked to you gentlemen a couple weeks ago. Uh-huh. I had necrotic ring disease, and we're, we're sodding in the next week, and I'm doing it with rye. But I forgot to ask you uh, compost. Now, where my landscaper gets the product, they have the planter box mix, which isn't a compost based, and then they also have a dairy cow that's been fully composted. Compost is that too hot to seed with?
1: No, if it's fully composted, it should not be too hot. And besides, once you spread it over your area and then have them rototill it in,
6: correct? That takes even
1: hot stuff and uh, makes it cold.
6: (laughs) Well, there you go. That's why I call the garden waste. Yeah,
1: (laughs) you'll be in good shape. How much are you going to put down? Do you know, in, in terms of depth? You know what?
6: Uh, I don't know. I'm gonna. I need to calculate all that, and I need to calculate speed, too. Mm-hmm. I've, I've got to figure out square area, yeah. and figure out what I need.
1: Well, don't get real specific. You can actually just walk it off if it's a big area, and if, if you know okay. how, uh, you might want to measure your gait. How you know when you walk? How far do you extend your foot out with each with each step? Okay. Uh, All okay. right, and you write that down, and then just walk off your lawn area. And it only has okay. to be, right. you know, just has to be pretty general. It doesn't have to be real specific. Right,
6: right. Okay, and how deep do you recommend, like four to six inches? Or?
1: Um, with that material, probably two to four inches, two to three inches.
6: Oh, okay, yeah. good. Okay, and then once I see, would you put, um, like, a light, cover of peat moss or something on
1: top of that no no you
6: just leave it roll it in and maybe just leave it
1: the most important thing after you seed is keeping it moist constantly
6: okay oh okay so that's
1: now keep in mind when i say constantly should you decide to take uh, a day off and go visit uh, aunt milda (laughs) <laughs> uh, and we have a nice hot day with some wind, and it dries off. That's right. it. You're done.
6: Right. The right. Grass is probably okay.
1: whatever it will, whatever stage of growth it may be in or germination. It's done. You have to start over again probably.
6: Okay. okay. So two to three times a day at least. Uh, just want yeah, I weather. would count
1: on two to three times. Yes, and not much. Okay. You know, you only want Get to the wet the top half inch. That's all you need.
6: Okay. Okay. Oh, God, you guys are great. Uh And I will follow up with you, too, because I know one of you guys had necrotic ring disease, too. Uh,
1: Yes. I thought. Jim does. Yes, I do. Yeah, Yeah, he's got it on his foot.
6: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, oh, good luck, I tell you. That's where good Athletes Foot comes from. Company. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Well, thank you guys. I follow up and I'd like to see how your yours is coming well, up. We'll, we combated we'll, it for two yeah, years. We'll so. keep, keep you posted.
1: You. Yeah, you bet.
6: Thank you. Thank you so much. Appreciate
1: you. All righty. Thanks for okay. giving us a call. You bet.
6: All righty. Thank you. Bye bye.
1: And when I say watering it to keep it moist, if you have an automatic uh, system, you probably only need to run it for a couple minutes.
2: Yeah. Not long uh, at all. We don't
1: have an automatic system, but we do have hoses, and we have spray nozzles, one of these fan-type spray nozzles that we crank it up all full pressure and just, uh, you know, fan water the entire area. Mm-hmm. It's about all it takes.
2: Well, boy, you've got to be uh, religious about doing it. I yes. mean, you really have to be committed. Yes. Because like, it's, like Jim said, all it takes is one day at the wrong time, yep. and... You let it get too dry. You've lost a good portion of the germination, if not all of it. Yep. Fortunately, not all grass seed comes up at the same time. It's well, kind of yeah, sporadic.
1: That's true. that's true. That's true. But I talked to pe- I've talked to people lots of times. But I tried that and it didn't work. I got this new miracle grass and tried that and it didn't work. And there's new product uh, and that helps in this regard. Who um, uh, Scotts I guess put out. Uh, other people have done it too. Put out those grass seeds mixed with a wetting agent or and a mulchy stuff. Or, yeah, a,
2: pap- a ground-up yeah. paper product. Yeah. So
1: when you water, uh, it stays wetter longer. Mm-hmm. And that's that's a help. But again, if you want to go away for the entire day and we hit eighty degrees and, and the wind comes up, you're done. Yep. So. If you've not succeeded in the past, that's probably the main reason for 95% of failure is not keeping it moist constantly.
2: Well, I can add one other thing that will cause some failure. And and our last caller brought it up at the very end. Shall I cover Cover it with peat moss? Mm -hmm. And number one, no, you don't cover it. And you certainly don't use peat moss. Because peat moss, when it gets dry, it sheds water. It doesn't absorb water. And the only thing peat moss is good for is mixing into the soil, not putting on top of the soil. Yeah. So, and grass seed needs light to germinate. So you bury it too deep yep. by covering it with compost or whatever or, or raking it into the ground real deep. Um, that's going to minimize your germination rate as well. In the past, people would spread straw over it. Yeah. And very, light can Very get lightly, through. yeah. yeah. Um, but not, not
1: thickly. Very, very thin. And that, that helps a bit to keep it moist once you've watered. But, you know, good luck finding straw that has no weed seed in it.
2: Yes. <laughs> and there are covers. Yes. Uh, those uh, fleece type, those, it's, it's a really thin, white, mm-hmm. lightweight fabric sort yeah. of thing. You can see through it. You could read the newspaper through it, I yeah. think. Yeah. And, and that you can lay down over the top. And, and and your watering will go right down through it mm-hmm. light will go through it and if you're worried about birds it'll keep birds off keep of it keep birds the area. off of it yeah um, but I, it, I don't think it's really practical for large areas you got to
1: walk all over the place in order to to apply it so
2: mhm and and like you know trying to buy it in in big rolls is yeah. nearly impossible you get like eight by ten sheets or something like that and
1: you and you'll find that you'll have used it once and never again
2: yes now what do you do with it now what do you well
1: do if you're that. like out you store somewhere in your garage <laughs> <laughs> it,
2: it doesn't decompose it's pr- no. i've seen people use burlap burlap of course of course yeah, a a coarse, coarse, yeah no. very coarse untreated one. yeah untreated coarse burlap that you can see through yeah that's also been used Quite frequently, and mostly for erosion control, really. Yeah. Not so much yeah. for holding moisture. So those are all options, but you know, try not to cover the seed. Tamp it down into the ground with a rake, or even your feet, or a board, or something like that, so it has comes in really good contact with the soil. But I think your watering should be able to do that too. I would think so. Yep. All right, uh, back out to the phones here. Yeah, we've got uh, Rosie on the line out in Commerce City. Good morning, Rosie. Good morning, guys. How are you? Just dandy. What's going on with you today?
13: Oh, well, my question is, I bought a hibiscus about two years ago, and um, it didn't do nothing the first year. It turned brown, and I was ready to pull it out last year, but then I seen some little green leaves coming out, so I just left it alone, and it turned out to be the most beautiful flower I have in my yard. Um, so when winter came, um, I didn't do nothing with it. Uh, my friend says that she doesn't do anything with hers, and hers are so beautiful. So um, now I got brown stems and some brown leaves that are probably because of the frost and frozen and stuff. Can I do anything with it now? Oh, sure, or yeah. will come back by itself?
2: No, it comes back by itself, but if, you, if you're tired of looking at the brown stems, I mean, they're dead. So you, uh-huh. you can cut them. You can cut those brown stems down, but I usually will leave three or four inches above ground to remind me of where it is. Right. Okay. And it's the okay. last thing in the world to green up in the spring. I mean, uh-huh. just, like la- yes. just like the previous year, you were getting ready to pull it out of the ground because you thought it was dead.
13: <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. So
2: Wait until, you know, it, it'll be the end of May before you see any okay. green at all.
13: Exactly. Yeah, that's when I started about seeing the green leaves last year. And like I said, it turned out to be the most beautiful thing, and I was just ready to pull it out.
2: Aren't they and amazing? Said, and they well, they do take, just like you mentioned, they do take a, a year or two to get established before they really yeah, do perform well.
13: Uh-huh, uh-huh, And then
2: every year okay. after that, they just get better and better.
13: Oh, yeah, and bigger, too. So, yes. um uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, because I want to get a couple of more, and I says, well, should I really invest my money in those and stuff if they're not going to, you know, do anything? But i seen that it did, and... I'm just going to go buy a couple of more from my yard and hope they come out the same the next couple of years. So, But that was my question, so thank you so much.
2: Thank you for your call, Rosie.
13: Okay, you guys have a great day. Thank you. Bye-bye.
2: Bye. Yeah, those hardy those hibiscus, and you have to be careful when you go into the stores and you ask them for hibiscus. You want to know that if you want one that grows outdoors as a perennial, then comes back every year you want the perennial or yeah. the hardy hibiscus yeah. and then some people call hardy hibiscus uh, or refer to a rose of sharon as a hardy hibiscus which is a shrub uh, which is completely different it's hardy here but it it doesn't die to the ground every year and then there's the tropical hibiscus which is a house plant unless you put it out for the summer so it gets a little confusing at first. The one I like is
1: hibiscus aceticella. What's that? That's grown mostly for its leaves. Oh, okay. Uh, a tall thing with these red palmate leaves. Ooh. Uh, and once it gets established, I, it's not perennial, though.
2: Oh, it's not a perennial?
1: No. That's too bad. It is, but if you happen to see it, uh it makes a wonderful accent blend for your porch or, or patio. Can you take it's cuttings off of it in the fall? I suppose. Will it work that way? I suppose. It's quite common in, in Hawaii. Oh. It's almost a weed. But boy, it's a Well, is it so pretty. it should do well here then. Yeah. <laughs> <It's>, <laughs> it really is pretty.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, shoot. there was a, a plant that I would like, I need to find. I think I might have to order it from Annie's Annuals. It's a red leafed cotton. And it's gorgeous. It's these deep
4: burgundy yeah. leaves,
2: and they're big, and it's a different texture than anything else in the yard, mm-hmm. and I never see it for sale here. And I, I know it's an annual, but all I have to do is grow it once, and I can collect seed. I would think you might be able to get seed now if you, again, check with Mr.
1: Giggles. That's true. I could try looking yeah. it for seed. I hadn't thought of I that. I should do that with the C.S. thing, too. I just yeah, never you thought about it.
2: And I'm sure it's seeds available. Mm-hmm. Now, that's one of those seeds that needs to be nicked, isn't it? It's got a hard seed coat. Probably. Oh, yes.
1: Yes, that would help. Yeah.
4: Hmm.
1: Um, but if you get enough of them, if you get like a 100 seed, I typ- typically don't. I just plant it all. <laughs> and I, I need one. only one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm sure yeah. one will germinate.
2: Well, I've heard, I've heard we can, you know pour boiling water over the seed, and I'm thinking, that's going to kill it. Well, not boiling, but almost boiling water.
1: Of course, here at this elevation, it's not quite as hot as it is in in Florida.
2: Well, true. All right. Well, let's see. We've got, we're about to go to break. So uh, Tara, you're going to be up next right after the top of the hour, which comes very quickly. So just hang in there, and we'll get to you first after the top of the hour break. Wait, a couple, okay, couple okay. minutes, yeah. Yeah. yeah no, it,
1: it gives me time to tell you that on this date in 1831 was the first, I can't believe this was the first one, the first bank robbery in America was reported. Certainly had banks before that, and some of them were robbed. But in any event, this was Citibank in New York City, and they lost $245,000. In today's money, that's uh, well over a million, I'm sure. What year was that? A- 1831.
2: Yeah, that would have been a ton of money back then. Oh, boy. You could retire. Almost literally. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) If it was metal. (laughs) It certainly wasn't in
1: coins. (laughs) Yeah. And on this date, 1915, Pluto, you know that planet that's not a planet? Yeah. Was photographed for the first time. However, it was not known at the time that it was a planet, or even what it was. Oh. But took a picture of it. And then forgot about it. I don't know. I don't. There's no follow-up in these things. I guess not. And when do you suppose that uh, daylight savings time started? I don't know. 1918. What? On this date, today. Wow. Yeah. That's when they invented it. Said this is great. Everybody yeah, should do should this. Go back in time and slap them.
2: <laughs> That's right.
1: All right, there's the music indicating we had done an hour. We've done, done, did done an hour. We're going to come back after the top of the hour, and we're going to did done yet another hour with your garden questions. So don't go anywhere. We're coming back here on Legends 810.